The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with the power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, raised his hands, and blessed them. As he blessed them, he parted from them, and was taken up to heaven. They did him homage, and then returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple praising God. The Gospel of the Lord. We don't think enough about the ascension. In fact, only those who pray the rosary probably think about it much at all. Yet it is a crucial part of Christ's mission and his message. It is the culminating moment, the finale, the moment in which his victory will be enshrined in heaven forever. It is, in fact, the culmination of the Paschal Mystery. We often think of Easter as, um, you know, the Triduum from Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Saturday, and then Easter Sunday. And we have the season of Easter, but we don't really see how that Easter season is concluded. And it's concluded in the Ascension, when Jesus, when Jesus ascends to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father to take his place for eternity in heaven, to rule. This is his kingship. It's his culmination of his priesthood. The eternal sacrifice is completed as he is offering himself to the Father in heaven. So Jesus ascends into heaven as the living sacrifice that will continue to be the bridge between God and humanity until the end of time. His words at this moment, therefore, are critical. And what does he say? Two things. First, he sums up the message of salvation. He reminds his apostles that he had come to earth in order to preach salvation, and then to make it into a reality by his suffering, death, and resurrection. Only because of Christ's preaching and passion is it possible for mankind to experience the salvation from sin and ignorance that they desire, and peace of soul that they yearn for. Second, he gives his followers a job. He calls upon them to be witnesses of these things. They will not be able to carry out their witness all by themselves. They will need the Holy Spirit. And so he promises that at Pentecost, they will be clothed with the power from on high. But then they are to go to all the nations as Christ's witnesses. So in the ascension of our Lord, we come face to face with the core of the entire gospel, Christ's saving message being transmitted to all peoples through the witness of the church. One example of a powerful witness of the faith is St. Justin Martyr, whose feast we celebrate this weekend. He is one of the early church fathers, and he converted as an adult to Christianity, and he taught tirelessly the truths of the faith using philosophy and scripture. He's called an apologist, and he was eventually executed. He was martyred by the Roman government for his faith. Now, not all of us are as gifted as St. Justin in defending our faith with philosophy, but we should be able to give 
a reasonable answer for the fundamentals of what we believe, such as Christ being fully God and fully man. We have to believe in his divinity and his humanity. We have to believe in the Trinity, that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have to believe in the real presence of the Eucharist. The Eucharist isn't simply a symbol of Christ's body and blood, but it is Christ's body and blood. And there are a number of fundamental truths that we have to know. I mean, just go through the creed, and if you read the creed, can you defend each precept of the creed at least in a straightforward and clear way? And so then there's also the moral truths of the church. And right now, there's two, I mean, really one, but two ends of the, of the same uh, spectrum of, of the value and the innate dignity of human life that have come back into the news in Canada because we have legalized euthanasia, so people can be the vulnerable, the sick, the elderly, can be killed on demand. But then also abortion has come back into the news in a big way because of uh, American states now pushing and Alabama having made illegal abortion. And then have someone like Prime Minister Trudeau, who's just such a contradiction where he can say something like, well, I'm a feminist, but then in the same breath say, well, I defend a woman's right to kill an unborn girl just because that unborn girl is a girl. How can he say he's a feminist and defend the killing of girls just because they're girls? So we have to be able to defend the, the dignity of human life from conception to natural death, not just because it's part of our faith. We don't believe this just because uh, we think the Bible teaches it. This is just scientific fact that Life begins at conception. You say, well, that embryo is, it's not really a person. Well, if it's not a human person, what is it? It's distinct, genetically distinct from its mother. It's already male or female. If it's not a person, what is it? Scientifically, from conception, that's a person. So abortion is killing an innocent person. So no matter what the reason for abortion, and I know that you know, young women can be put in very difficult situations, and so we have to support them. I'm not saying that we abandon a young woman who's in a difficult situation. We support them because of their dignity, but also the dignity of that person who's in their womb. So you can put it simply like this, that uh, it's murder to kill an innocent person. There is no one more innocent than an unborn child. Therefore, to kill an unborn child is murder. It's that simple. We have to be able to defend that. Likewise, at the other end of the spectrum, with euthanasia, that a person, no matter how sick they are, no matter how vulnerable they are, no matter if they can't use their reason anymore, no matter if they're, uh, if, you know, even if their family feels like that person is a burden, they're still a person, and we can't treat a person as a burden. We have to treat a person as someone who is created in the, in the image and likeness of God, someone who is to be loved, no matter what circumstances they're in. And so these truths have to be defended. And this is part of what it means to be a Christian. This is part of what it means to live 
after the ascension of our Lord, that he has given us the power to preach the gospel to all nations, to share the good news. So as we celebrate the Feast of the Ascension, we remember that Christ is reigning in heaven as our King and our High Priest, and he has sent us out into the world to proclaim his good news. Proclaim that good news with your life by repenting and seeking the forgiveness of your sins, and proclaim it with your words by sharing the good news of what Christ has done for you in your own life. Praise be Jesus Christ.